When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. How do I use cryptocurrency? And how can I make money at cryptocurrency? What should I buy? And How much should I buy? And then how long should I hold it? You know, you can't turn on the news or go online without hearing or seeing something about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Elon Musk. It's crazy out there. But let's get started so we're all on the same page. We're talking about electronic currency here. It's not controlled by a government. It's not backed by a standard like gold. These aren't physical tokens. I mean, I can't toss you a Bitcoin, although at tens of thousands of dollars a pop, I bet you wish that I could. Bitcoin is the one that most people know about, but there are others like Ethereum, Litecoin, or even Dogecoin, which is really funny because that was created as a parody way back in 2013. And here's a little fun fact. What was the first documented purchase ever using Bitcoin? Think about it. On May 22nd, 2010, Laszlo Hansen's, oh, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, he bought two Papa John's pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoin, or around, at that time, 41 bucks. That 10,000 Bitcoin today would be worth around $451 million. Wow. And if you want to invest in cryptocurrency, it can get really complicated to know even where to begin. Well, let me tell you, you've come to the right place. In this Kim Commando Explains podcast, we're going to dive into the basics. We're going to go through the option when it comes to buying and storing your digital currency. And then we're going to give you some professional tips to keep you safe from hackers and scammers. And if you ever thought that you could make money mining bitcoins, ho, 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 we brought in the best expert we could find. And let me tell you one thing. You need to be really smart about anything that you ever do with cryptocurrency. So stay right where you are. When we come back, we're going to get started. But first, we have to say a few thank yous to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We're talking about cryptocurrency. Think of it as like the beginner's guide to cryptocurrency. And before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's run through the basics. Let's say that you want to send your friend John $10. Well, you could give him cash. You could write John a check. And if John took credit cards, you could pay him that way too. When it comes to cryptocurrency, as I mentioned already, it's an electronic payment system so that two parties can exchange currency over the Internet. So you could send John the equivalent of $10 in virtual currency that goes by the name of Bitcoin, Dogecoin, or Ethereum. The $10 worth of cryptocurrency is sent from you to John using a series of complex mathematical formulas that are really very, very difficult to defraud. And don't worry, you don't have to do any of the math. So to conduct this $10 transaction, both you and John, you need a special type of software, or you could use a third-party service. After all, there's no real bank here. When you do the transaction, there's going to be fees associated with it. Now, these fees are a few percentage points that we're going to talk about later on. But, you know, nothing's free in this world, even when it comes to cryptocurrency. Now, 
Here's where we need to all go, choo-choo, let's hop aboard the blockchain. Because every transaction involving cryptocurrency is processed, it's verified, it's recorded on this virtual ledger known as the blockchain. I know that your eyes are starting to glaze over, so just come on back with me. Every time that someone buys or sells anything using cryptocurrency, another entry is made on this massive virtual ledger. So think of the blockchain as a series of boxcars from a train. Choo-choo, get it? Every time someone buys or sells something using cryptocurrency, another boxcar gets right back to the train. So this blockchain is decentralized, and that's an important crypto concept. It's not stored on one machine or even on one network. Instead, the blockchain exists on computers all over the world that are accessible. Why? Because of the internet. Now, joining me on this podcast, we have Allie, our amazing content queen. Say hello, Allie. Hello. And we have Ben Bradley. He's our trusty news director. Hey, Kim. And we have a very special guest who knows a lot, a lot about cryptocurrency. As a matter of fact, I have brought him into my office saying, please, Jim, tell me everything that you know about cryptocurrency. And Jim, when you came in yesterday and you showed me all those different wallets that you have. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty exciting stuff, Kim. Thanks for having me on. So we're talking about the ledger and the blockchain and that it's decentralized and that people and companies, they they verify everything that happens on the transaction. And you told me something yesterday, Jim, that was really interesting to me, is that you can see every transaction that happens with crypto on this ledger, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, the point of it. And so it's so and you can't do that with a bank. No, no. So this being decentralized means it's open to the public so we can all look at all the transactions and see what's going on. Whereas with a bank, it's kind of locked behind closed doors. But you don't see the person's name. If you use your credit card, the seller has your name, your address and other details. So when I look at cryptocurrency transactions, what do I see? You're going to see a wallet address, and it's basically a like a random key. Um, it's based on public key cryptography, so it's just a a long number. It doesn't identify anyone. It just identifies the wallet, and that's what makes it semi anonymous. Anonymous, right? So the transactions are anonymous, and these anonymous transactions can be likened to us maybe using cash. Yeah. yeah. So this way, there's no record. Unlike, like I said, when you use your credit card, that you have your name, address, and more details that are available to the seller. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, they're probably doing bad things on the Internet so that this way they can have those anonymous transactions. But that's not really true. I mean, no, it's it's just a way of transferring stuff. You know, it doesn't ever tell you whether a transaction's good or bad, just that the transaction happened between these two wallets And it's in the ledger so that you can see it. And so maybe someone just wants to maintain their privacy for a transaction. Maybe it's to contribute to a political party or maybe to donate to a cause. Now, I thought this was interesting. What do you think the percentage is? Now, you guys just think about this. What do you think the percentage is of the United States population that does not have a bank account? And if you know the answer, don't say it. If you read it. I'm keeping my mouth shut. What do you think? What do you think the percentage is of people who don't have a bank account? I read it, but I forgot about it. So it's it's going to be a complete guess. I'll say 7%. What do you think, Jim? 
I'd go as far as 20. Wow. 20%. Uh, you were close, Ben, but I think you cheated. Um, over 6 over six percent of U.S. households, or 14.1 million American adults, they do not have a bank account. Wow. But they can use cryptocurrency. So getting your arms around cryptocurrency is a difficult task. It's not easy. You have to let go of any preconceived notions that you have about currency as well as any banks or governments that validate it. It's truly a whole new world. So you might be sitting there thinking, where does cryptocurrency come from? So, Allie, tell us. Yes. So most cryptocurrencies are created in this process called mining. So computers mine coins by solving really complex math problems. The more powerful your computer is, the faster it can think, we'll say. Now, if your computer is the fastest one to solve the problem, yay, you win. And you win one of whatever cryptocurrency you're mining. In some cases, that could be 500 bucks. Maybe it's 50000 depending on the price of, see, let's say, Bitcoin. See, that's what gets people all excited. Because if you're mining the coin, and if you solve the mathematical problem, your, your system does, your computer does, whatever you're using, is that you could get one of those coins. Exactly. So there are some cryptocurrencies with basically an infinite supply, but most do have a limit. You might be thinking, wow, I would love if my computer could just earn yes. me $50,000. That sounds great. So can you mine this stuff yourself? Technically, yes, you can get your hands on everything you need to mine cryptocurrency. But it's going to set you back quite a bit of money. Way back when, you could fire up your home computer and start mining. That was then. Crypto was new. You were only competing against other at-home miners. So what, what year was that, do you think? Oh, early, like 2009 probably is a good year for us to look at early, you know, before the 2010s. So there was a reasonable chance that if you had a decent computer, you could win. Today... It's really a professional operation. It runs on these specialized chips uh, known as ASIC, Application Specific Integrated Circuit. Basically, these machines are built for one purpose only, if we're talking Bitcoin. It's to find Bitcoin. Uh, they have up to 100 billion times the capacity of personal computers. And these things cost thousands and thousands of dollars, and they use so much energy. Now, these are professional operations. Back in the day, you could do it yourself. And we've got Jim here, who used to actually do this. Jim, did you make a lot of money? I did not make a lot of money. Oh, you know what? You know what? I was all excited because I thought maybe you had the golden ticket to the Bitcoin (laughs) mine, and I was going to be like, help me do it too, Jim. I keep missing all these opportunities in the tech world. You know, I thought I had that golden ticket too when I first started out. It was right after the period when you could do it just using your CPU, and it switched to a GPU-based So in the mining process, you're actually guessing hashes, which is just really hard math problems, and it's how fast you can do it. And when GPUs came out, they were able to do it like 3,000 times as fast as your CPU. Okay, right now somebody's looking at their phone going, "Uh, what the heck is a GPU, and how do I get that? So a GPU is a graphical processing unit. Compared to a CPU, which is your computer chip, the GPU is on a graphics card. So back in the day, it was around 2012, I went and got a GTX 690, which was a real big deal at the time. It was the first one to put two graphic chips in one card. So it allowed me to do a lot of hashes per second, and the difficulty wasn't very high at that point because there weren't ASICs and FPGAs that people can use now. So I mined for a month, didn't do anything, 
mine for another month and did the did the math and I was like I'm paying more in electricity than even if I got a bitcoin. See, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that they think that they're just going to be able to put it on the internet and then they're going to make a lot of money. And so as we're talking about cryptocurrency is that I really want you to understand the different aspects of it and the different terms and how it works. And so as you're listening to this podcast, you may want to go back and listen to certain parts again. So now, so far, you know what cryptocurrency is, and you know where it comes from, mining. So stay right where you are, because when we come back, we're going to talk about exactly how the mining happens, and we'll find out, well, Jim, we're going to find out why you're not a Bitcoin billionaire. So stay right where you are. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We're talking about cryptocurrency, what it is, how it works, how you can participate in it, how you buy it, how you sell it, where you store it, and also how to avoid all the scams. But I want to stay on mining because so many people, they'll Google search Bitcoin mining in the hopes of maybe getting that coin, not having to work anymore for the rest of their lives, because you always see these big headlines about somebody just became a Dogecoin billionaire and the kid's like 23 years old and you're like, what the heck happened to me? So 2012, you got the two GPUs. How much did it cost you? At the time, I want to say I spent $700. Okay, that's a lot. Um, And then I think the cost of electricity was around... $80 $80 a month that I was spending extra just to run this. Not to mention it was running in my bedroom, which heated up my beautiful <laughs> Phoenix apartment. And did you hear it all going like, oh, around the clock? It just <laughs> it just ran and hummed and it was. Did it ever start like sounding like a cat? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, no. Okay, no. good. Because that's always a bad sign. But uh, yeah, so it ran and I realized it's. It's not going to be worth it. And I wish back then there was what we have now is you can go online and do a Google search for a Bitcoin mining calculator, and it will let you choose what graphics card you're using or if you're going to buy an ASIC, how much your electricity costs. And based on the current value of Bitcoin or whatever you're going to mine, it'll tell you what your predicted profitability is. Oh, see, that's really good, important intel before you start any new venture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How much do I have to spend to see? And it's, it's, But it sounds like a lottery. It, it really is. So the way that mining works is all the transactions that are going to be written to a block. That block needs to be uh, authenticated and verified. So that's what the miners do is they make sure no one's double spending coins. And then it's a quick race to f- see who can find the hash that meets a value or is lower than it. So you're just brute forcing math um, using your graphics card or your ASIC or whatever you're using. It's it's like a, the equivalent of 100 people running a race just to see who can get there first. And is there anything that you need to do as a miner or do you just have to set up the gear and then sit back and roll the dice? You set up the gear and set up the software and – you let it go. Um, you could also join a pool, which that kind of gets rid of some of your risks because you're joining a bunch of other people in this pool. And if the pool wins a coin, it's split incrementally based on how much work your computer did. So how fast does it take for a transaction to be authenticated this way? On the Bitcoin block, it's they they try to go for 10 minutes on average. So they'll adjust the difficulty of how it is based on how big – 
the worldwide uh, mining pool is. So if there's a lot of people mining, they'll make the difficulty harder so they can hit that 10-minute mark. If there's not many people, it lowers. So do you think somebody could start out today with a, say, a, a good home computer with a good graphics card and say, you know, I'm going to be a Bitcoin miner and I'm going to make money at this? No, I think in this day and age with the difficulty and everything, if you're going to be a Bitcoin miner, you need to go buy an ASIC and that's going to set you back a couple grand. And looking at the calculators, you're going to make, you know, 30 bucks a month. Maybe if you're mining something like Ethereum with graphics cards, you can maybe make 100 bucks. But it's it's going to be a long play unless the price of crypto really jumps. And that's what kind of makes this thing a gamble. So you just shot all of my dreams, Jim, of being a Bitcoin miner. I was hoping like if this radio thing didn't work out, I would have like a whole new backup career. You know, you know, that's the dream for everyone that gets into mining. You know, it's a gamble. You're in there just like you're in a, a casino. You're hoping you're going to hit it big for no work. But Oh, well, you know, I guess I'll have to go to Vegas. So to me, being the, the newbie of this group in crypto, so the, what I gather, if you try to mine it yourself, it's like you have a hand shovel that you use in your garden and you're going up against fleets of bulldozers. That's that's exactly right. There there are <laughs> pools out there that just they have so much processing power. You're you're competing against giants, but you know you're hoping you're the little guy that can win the race. Okay, so we just talked about mining Bitcoin. That's where it comes from. But you at home, you're saying like, well, you know, how do I use cryptocurrency, and how can I make money at cryptocurrency? What should I buy? And how much should I buy? And then how long should I hold it? We have the story of our very own Mike James, our tech director, who you said, Mike, you said, I am going to make money in cryptocurrency. Be a Bitcoin millionaire, bazillionaire. And, but you told me that even if you become a Bitcoin millionaire, that you would still continue to oh, help me yeah. at the show. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So how is that working out for you so far? <clears throat> yeah, it didn't work out very good. I <laughs> bought like $5,000 and in one hour, I had lost $500. So it went down 10% in one hour, and then I was out. That was Dogecoin, by the way. And then I bought it again for the weekend. Just thought, okay, I'll put $1,000 in. Oh, and, you just, and then that $1,000 was also then down 10%. So by Saturday, that was Friday afternoon. By Saturday <laughs> at noon, I was like, I'm done. No more, never again. Okay, so, so so you bailed out of the whole cryptocurrency idea of becoming a yes. millionaire. And then, of course, did you look? It uh, went back to like it was up to sixty cents or over at one point. I don't know where it is now. But, it went back uh, down, luckily. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> well, and that's a big part of this. It's so volatile, all this stuff. So you might think about making investments in stocks or bonds or things that generally are a little safer, but crypto is. It can really go up and down based on. A tweet, the how the wind is, you know, the direction of the wind, really anything. And the thing that confuses me about cryptocurrency, and I'm still getting my arms around all this, is how many different kinds and names of cryptocurrency, is, I mean, are out there. I mean, there, what is it, ten thousand? Yeah, types? last last check, we're up to about ten thousand. There are so many. Um, some you know, some that you might feel good putting your money into a lot that are kind of like in that Dogecoin style where it's really kind of a joke. Okay, see, but, you know, 
me. I'm always coming up with ideas, right? Uh-huh. My four o'clock in the morning idea is when that's why Jim was in my office yesterday because I said, you have to come in. I just have just come see me face to face because I want to talk to you about cryptocurrency because I think that we should have. I mean, if they can have a Dogecoin, why can't we have a Commando coin? <laughs> I mean, what, why can't we do that? That's a possibility. People would trust it. It would be blue. It would be nice. And Jim, you said probably not. It's, you know, we really need to find a purpose for it. A lot of these the better coins, I'll call them, have a purpose and a, and a use. You know, the internet computer uh, coin, that's trying to create like decentralized computing over the internet. Um, other ones like Helium Project is trying to provide like Wi-Fi in certain areas and mesh networks. So I think we could. We just need to find a good purpose. Okay. I will find a good purpose. I will find a good cause. And Allie, there's even a Putin coin, Kim. You could compete against that. I'm Russian. Sure. Why not? And I'm nice. I don't kill people. (laughs) Sounds like a winner. Okay. So the next question is, how do I buy cryptocurrency? How do I even get into this? Well, stay right where you are, because when we come back, we're going to walk you right through it. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's really confusing, but that's why we're breaking it down in plain English here on this Kim Commando Explains. So Allie is our amazing content queen. Take us through buying cryptocurrency. All right. We've ruled out mining your own cryptocurrency. You're going to have to buy some. To do that, you need an exchange. You can think of this kind of like a crypto middleman. There's an online service that allows you to exchange your dollars for cryptocurrency or the other way around. You can change your crypto back into money. If you're familiar with traditional investing, it kind of functions like a brokerage. You can deposit money lots of different ways, a bank transfer, you can wire in money, you can use your debit card, and you can get it out in similar ways too. Bank transfer, cash delivery, bank wire, or even a PayPal transfer. Yes, PayPal. You can actually buy crypto on some apps you might already be using. PayPal is a good example. Venmo does it too. Robinhood, if you've used that for investing, or even Cash App. Now, I can hear you all asking, how much is this going to cost me? Yes, you can expect to pay fees. That is certainly a big part of this crypto conversation. There are fees on really lots of things. The most pricey are generally when you're trying to convert one type of currency to another. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, say you want to diversify. You've got all your money in Bitcoin and... Maybe you just want to try a new one. You want to try one of those coins that Jim was talking about that has a really cool use that you stand behind. Or maybe you want to buy something. Uh, say you want to buy an NFT, and you can only do that through Ether. Ooh, now you just threw in a curveball, girlfriend, because <laughs> now everybody's going NFT. Oh, come on, a non-fungible token. <laughs> Yeah, so say you want to buy a piece of digital artwork or you want to buy some other digital asset, you need the right type of coin to buy it. So that's where the exchanges come in. You can change your dollars to whatever type of crypto you want. And so, Jim, you showed me your wallet. Mm-hmm. You have all kinds of different cryptocurrencies in there. I mean, anything to Bitcoin. What was the one, Shabogan or something like that? Oh, my Shina Inu coin. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's the Dogecoin killer. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're calling it. It's kind of the, yeah. It's a, it's a good meme. How do they come up with these names? I imagine a lot of drinking. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> it. So how many different types of cryptocurrency are you holding right now? 
I would say between 10 and 20. I kind of move them around a little. I'm kind of moving more towards the hodl strategy, hold on for dear life. And see if they ever make me millions. <laughs> well, and that's a really good strategy. If you go in on one with just a little bit of money, so we can go back to Mike's Dogecoin story, you know, you put in a couple thousand bucks and you can kind of see it go up and down. You might think, wow, I just lost a thousand dollars. I'm done. I don't want this. But hold it for a couple years and maybe you'll be like one of those early Bitcoin people and now it's worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, so holding it, that's a great question because somebody called the show. Because she couldn't find the password to her wallet. Oh, no. Okay. And, you know, we hear about all these horror stories. So let's talk about we know how to buy it. We're going to use one of these exchanges. And then how do we store it? Jim? So if, if you're going to hold on for dear life, you may want to get a hardware wallet, which lets you transfer all these assets off the exchange into basically a hard drive that's encrypted and your crypto is then safe. You just need to make sure you remember that password, that phrase. <laughs> um, if you can't find it, you, you lose your money. Have there been stories where people have lost like massive amounts of money? There was a story a few years back when Bitcoin jumped up about a guy that had $70 million on a hard drive and it was like in a a dump somewhere and he was willing to pay all these people or other people that just have the hard drive and forgot the password. Wait, wait I'm going to go back to this guy. He had $70 million on a hard drive and it was in a dump? Yeah, he he'd thrown it away and I think they tracked it down to the dump that it was taken to and he had like a reward out there for people to go through this dump trying to find the hard drive. So Wow. Lots of people lose it. You, you really need to use a, a password manager or a paper wallet, which is just printing out your, your key, your public key, and storing it in a safe. You can use that to get back on the ledger and transfer your coins back out. So tell us about some wallets. Yeah, so there are lots of different options out there. Um, say you buy it in PayPal or you buy it in Venmo, one of those. You can just store it there. If you want a dedicated wallet, um, there are lots of options out there. Bitcoin Wallet is popular. That one, um, you can use it with an iPhone or an Android. Uh, really just stores Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Green Address is a popular one. Electrum, Exodus, Mycelium is really popular. That is one of the oldest mobile-only wallets out there. Um, Electrum, that is a really uh, high security one. So like most of them, it uses encrypted keys. It never leaves your computer. You can even set up these view-only modes so that you're not um, really connected online, like Jim was saying. If you've got a lot of money in this, you want it in a safe place that no one else can access. And so that's where these, um, what's called cold storage, where no one else could access it or get to it, uh, really come in handy. I just downloaded one that I've been using called MetaMask that is pretty darn cool. It's got um, all kinds of apps with it. And this one is all built on Ether, um, the Ethereum coin. So there are a ton out there. It's really about finding what you like, what seems fun to you, um, and make sure you look at the reviews. Um, yeah, that's, that's the key. It is. Because there are so many scams out there with the different wallets. Now, Ben is our trusty news director, and Ben looks at how many different news sites do you look at every day, Ben? Average of about 50. Okay. If you notice, Ben is a man of numbers. How many different gadgets are connected to your home Wi-Fi? Last check, 83. Exactly. That's what we're talking about, folks. So, Ben, wallet scams. 
big, big stuff, right? Yeah, big stuff. Just start off with a story, and this this happened, I think, last month. Poor guy in Utah decided to invest money into crypto. I don't know which which crypto it was, but he downloaded one of these apps, turned out to be a fake, unknowingly gave his credentials to a cyber crook, lost $384,000. Oh, jeez. Says he shed a lot of tears. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, you download you download an app and it looks legit and you hand over all your credentials and that's it. There's no way to get it back, right? It's, yeah, no refunds. Well, you can't, but, you know, speaking of that, there's no way to reverse a Bitcoin transaction, right, Jim? No, once they're written to the block, they're there permanently. So everyone can see that transaction and you can't take it back. That's what the miners are essentially doing when they're closing out that block and moving to the next one. So if you buy something on your credit card, you don't like it, you can dispute the charge. There's no disputing anything on the blockchain, right? No, no. Once once the transfer is complete, it's it's done. So that's why you need to be really careful. Well, and it kind of goes back to that anonymous thing we were talking about because say someone steals all your Bitcoin and it goes into their wallet. Even if you can see where it went, you don't know who that is. So you can't do anything. So yeah, it's all recorded and everything that happens is there. But that information won't do much for you if uh, someone's address is just a, a bunch of numbers and letters. Well, and it's not just the, the people who are looking to buy or sell Bitcoin. I mean, Sophos, uh, some security researchers at Sophos the other day found this series of 150 bad apps. Looked like banks, looked like cryptocurrency apps, and really were going after people new to it so they wouldn't know any better. And so they buy Bitcoin or they would have, you know, they would have crypto to put in there. Either way, they're turning over their credentials to even their their actual funds, not in crypto, and losing money that way. So it's not just about, you know, buying in and losing crypto. It's it's about you you get one of these bad apps or you you get involved with the wrong person, respond to the wrong email, whatever. You risk losing all of your actual dollars, too. Your real dollars. So... So how bad are the cryptocurrency scams? Just over the past year, according to the FTC, they've gone up 1,000%. <laughs> well, that's because everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to get involved. Okay, so let's talk about uh, ways that you can buy crypto the safe way. Okay. Uh, number one is I think we need to follow Jim's strategy. You don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? No, I, I do use several exchanges um, and several different wallets there so that I can have some in one just in case something gets hacked. These exchanges have been hacked in the past, and it's something to be aware of. And you don't want to put all your money in one coin. Yeah. That's what I learned from you, too. Looking at your wallet, I'm like, what is all this? <laughs> I try to diversify. Um, just the market's so volatile if it's all in one. I, I hate seeing half my money go away in an hour. And when Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live, wasn't that a crazy story, Al? Yeah, everyone is expecting. He's been tweeting, I'm the Doge father and all this stuff. And every time he does it, the value goes up. Everyone expected he's going to go on SNL. Great. It's going to go way up. No, it uh, went down about 30%. And a but, lot of people lost a lot of money. But also the scammers were out. Oh, absolutely. So at the same time, people are on YouTube searching Elon Musk, SNL. 
they end up on these live streams that look like they're from NBC. They're not. And there's a notification in there, hey, Elon wants to give you some Dogecoin. He wants to double your investment. So a lot, a lot of people put their information in, transferred all their Dogecoin. They're never going to see it again. Here's another fun fact about that. In the last six months, $80 million was lost in cryptocurrency scams, two million of which were lost to scammers just pretending to be Elon Musk. <laughs> I think we just have to say for the record, Elon Musk does not want to give you any money. Uh, no one wants to give you any money. So if there's some promise that your money will be doubled, ignore it, please. Okay, so you never want to give away your password, what's called your seed phrase. You want to watch out for any type of red flags. Now, what about these SIM swapping schemes, Jim? So, yeah, this this is a problem. Um, and it's also why you should never use your phone number as two-factor authentication. You should always use an app like Authenticator or something. What happens is, let's say I, I want to impersonate you and SIM swap you. I go to the, the carrier store and I find some low-level employee that's willing to take 100 bucks, 200 bucks under the table and give me a SIM for your account. I then put it into my phone and now I have your number. So all your 2FA codes go to me. Which does happen, folks. We're not just making this up. But it's not just SIM swapping. I mean, what if somebody reaches out to you and they say, okay, we can double your money in cryptocurrency? Not Allie, no. No, no, no. no. As much as we all wish these very generous people were out there, they are trying to make something from you too. So, <gasps> shocker. Big shocker. A lot of these things kind of feel well, kind of like a pyramid scheme. Hey, give me a little bit. I'll give you back a lot. It doesn't work out that way. You're going to lose your money. So for all this stuff, I would say go out, do your own research, check reviews, and find out what works for you. Don't let other people send you an app to use, a link, um, give you advice. You're just going to end up in trouble. And never invest any money in crypto that you cannot afford to lose. Any final thoughts from you, Jim? Uh, no, just just be safe, uh, have fun, and educate yourself. Ben, are you ready to get into cryptocurrency? Yes, as long as my wife says it's okay. <laughs> Smart man. Do you know there's a new cryptocurrency called Decibel? Sorry, right, you just yell into your microphone to get money, and it's a sound investment. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Allie, thanks for being here. Of course. And Ben... Always a pleasure. And Jim. Thank you for having me, Kim. And so can I get the commando coin someday? Let's come up with a purpose and do this thing. You got it. If you learned one thing, what I would like you to do is wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you give us a great five-star review and say a few nice words. I mean, come on. I mean, we're all sitting here. We did the work for you. You learned. And now I want you to share this podcast with everyone you know. I mean, what you really could do is if you really wanted to help us out. You know how people like stand on the corners and they spin those signs? You can get a sign made that says, get the command all podcast and spin that and people will love you for it. Okay, maybe that was a little too much. So I'll just settle for the five-star review. And make sure that you hit subscribe or follow. I'm Kim Commando. And of course, you can find all of us 24-7, well, except for Jim, because he's going to be mining bitcoins, over at commando.com. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O. Hey, guys. Now, there's no question you know a lot more about cryptocurrency than you did before listening to this podcast. But if you want to learn even more, and who doesn't, good news, we've got a crypto ebook that spells it all out in one handy place. We're going to dive into the basics 
go through your options when it comes to buying and storing digital currency, and of course, give you pro tips to keep you safe from hackers and scammers as you buy this cryptocurrency. If you want to dive into the crypto world, this is a must read. Just go to commander.com slash crypto. Again, very easy to remember, commander.com slash C-R-Y-P-T-O, commander.com slash crypto. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.